This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Siobhan Moran-McFarlane. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Tuesday 13th of September. In your squiz today, some are not happy about a day off, lights out in Ukraine, a record settlement for thousands of women, and a shiny distraction. This is your squiz today. Claire, I know from my accent that I could be accused of being a foreigner, but I am an Aussie, and us Aussies are usually always keen for a public holiday. But Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has come under pressure over the National Day of Mourning he's declared for Thursday of next week. Yeah, and that is because people who are running businesses are really trying to work out what they need to do. Uh, The Australian Retailers Association is one who says that its members are frustrated by the short notice uh, for the Thursday of next week. It's seeking some urgent clarification on trading hours because there's some legal things that sit behind that. Uh, Also, they're trying to juggle staff shortages anyway, so that's always an issue for them. And on a public holiday, it's even more more challenging. Also, hospitality business owners are trying to work out whether they need to stay open uh, and whether they can pay staff those penalty rates or whether they should close and just lose a day's trading. And the Australian Medical Association is another group that have put up their hands to say that they're worried about what it means for crucial surgeries and medical appointments. But what Prime Minister Albanese says is that operations occur on public holidays too. Yes, and Victorians will actually get a four-day weekend as next Friday is the grand final eve public holiday. But that's causing even more problems for the state government. Yeah, and there's a special set of circumstances around that. Thursday of next week was due to be the final sitting day in the Victorian Parliament before an election in November. So there's some rejigging to happen there. And it's not just the Victorian politicians who are trying to rearrange their diaries. It has impacts on the federal parliament as well. Uh, Parliament was meant to sit this week, but that has been cancelled. What Prime Minister Albanese said yesterday is that there will be a special service on Thursday next week. And then there will be a motion of condolence in the House of Representatives and in the Senate. And every MP and Senator will have a chance to speak about the death of Queen Elizabeth, which means there's a lot of talking to do. Yes, and it's further complicated for Albanese as he has to attend another state funeral on Monday the 26th for former Japanese PM Shinzo Abe, who was assassinated back in July. Yesterday, Claire, we spoke about the gains Ukraine has made in pushing back Russian forces from a number of eastern cities, but reports say that Russian forces have had their revenge. Yeah, and what they're reporting is that some very critical infrastructure has been damaged or shut off. That includes power and water supplies, particularly in that Kharkiv region in the east of Ukraine. Uh, What they say is that surrounding areas have been impacted, uh, possibly by Russian forces turning off those facilities and power plants and water supplies. What Moscow has said is very little about the retreat that they're making in that eastern region. 
Uh, certainly what we know is that it's been proclaimed by analysts as a really big gain by Ukraine. Uh, and it's also seen some pro-Russian figures really critical of what's happening among the top decision makers in Russia. Yes, even some pro-Russian commentators appear to be turning on Russian President Vladimir Putin. After having expressed anger at him directly on social media, which experts say would have been unthinkable previously, so it will be interesting to see if that continues. It was 2019 when a judgment was made and yesterday pharmaceutical giant Johnson & Johnson reached a record $300 million settlement for two Aussie class action lawsuits brought on behalf of 1,350 women who suffered debilitating side effects from pelvic mesh implants. So these implants have been used to treat pelvic floor damage and they've been found to cause very significant side effects including severe and chronic pain and also incontinence among a range of other issues. Uh, Campaigners had to make a lot of noise to get them banned in Australia back in 2017 and since then there has been quite a bit of legal action in Australia and around the world. It was in November 2019 that the court found in favour of those women in that class action and it's taken quite some time, including a challenge from Johnson & Johnson over that decision uh, for a settlement to be made. So the hope is that those women can get their compensation and move on with their lives. This is, of course, something, as you say, that isn't just happening here. Similar lawsuits against the giant multinational and other pelvic mesh manufacturers have so far resulted in over $8 billion US dollars in settlements worldwide, and that figure is continuing to grow. Claire, we covered off on the winners of the US Open yesterday when it came to the women's singles and mixed doubles, and now we have a men's singles winner – Carlos Alcaraz from Spain, and he's just 19 years old. Yep. It's an incredible achievement. What has happened is not only has he won his first Grand Slam title at the US Open, he has become the number one ranked men's player on the tournament, uh, making him the youngest player in history to do that. In fact, he overtook Australia's Leighton Hewitt, uh, who was the world number one when he was 20 years old. That happened back in 2001. Another Spaniard was singing his praises yesterday. Rafael Nadal congratulated him after the match and said it was pretty impressive what he's achieved in his young career. And you'd have to say that Alcaraz has had a pretty good role model to aspire to. Claire, if you need to change the channel on the wall-to-wall coverage of Queen Elizabeth's death, this morning has something for you. It's the 74th Emmy Awards, and you've got to say that it's a red carpet that will be welcomed after the recent gloomy news. Yeah, and who doesn't love a red carpet? It's always good to look at. And of course, these events usually happen at a pretty good time for us Aussies. It's 10am. So what it is, is TV's night of nights. Uh, So these days, it really means that the streaming services are going head to head on their original content. Uh, This time around, it's Succession that is in the lead. It's had 25 nominations, including 14 for acting awards. That's made it the most nominated show for the big actors 
acting awards in the Emmys history. A couple of other shows to note, Ted Lasso, which is everyone's favourite. It's got a lot of nominations. Uh, Also The White Lotus, and that includes Murray Bartlett, the Australian uh, who is up for one of the acting awards as well. So good luck to them. The ceremony's host is Saturday Night Live's Keenan Thompson, and he says it will be a kinder and gentler experience than this year's notorious Academy Awards ceremony featuring Will Smith's violent outbursts. So it won't be hard as long as everyone keeps their hands to themselves. A message now from our podcast partner, BHP. The steel made from iron ore plays an important role in providing the production of our energy infrastructure, from wind turbines to power poles. So cutting carbon emissions in iron ore production is key. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power its port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP. Claire, the list of things that Gen Z find cringe about those of us who are older is increasingly long and apparently now includes GIFs. GIFs are the animated files that we share on social media or on the messaging apps. Uh, I'm a notorious GIF users. My friends really don't appreciate it all the time. Uh, I, of course, think I'm very witty with the GIFs that I use. Probably my favourite one is like a sort of potato head kind of Muppet saying, you're a winner. Um, I use that. You'd be surprised to know, Siobhan, quite sarcastically at times. So, yeah, what's happened is Gen Z says GIFs, not so cool. It's pretty funny unless you happen to work for the tech company Giphy, which is in the final stages of a $460 million takeover deal with Meta, which says it could go bankrupt if the trend away from GIFs continues. Squeeze the day, Claire. What are you thinking about today? The anniversary of Shane Warne's birthday is today. He was born in 1969, which means he would have been 53 today. Yes, it's also the anniversary of the birthday of Raoul Dahl, the much-loved children's author, and I also loved his books growing up. I know some of them have become a bit controversial now, but I still think they're well worth a read. That's it from us today. But before we go, a quick shout out to all the teachers listening and a bit of an announcement from Squiz Kids for Schools. In term four, for less than 40 bucks, you can get access to our suite of media literacy products aligned with the daily podcast. A link to that is in our episode notes. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, but you're interested, head to the Squiz Kids website, squizkids.com.au. Have a great day and Claire and I will see you again tomorrow. G'day, I'm Kate Watson, co-host of News Club. News Club this week was an interview with Lauren Sams. She's the fashion editor at the Australian Financial Review. She's all over the business of fashion and retail, so I pulled her in to talk to us about fast fashion and ultra-fast fashion. In particular, businesses like Timu and Shein, who in Australia alone are on track to record more than $2 billion in sales. Here's a clip from that conversation. What is happening is that it's recalibrating fashion as a single-use item. Mm. So when you think about something that's 6 or $7, you know, my, I bought coffee this morning and that was $5.50. And that that's a single-use item to me. You know, I, I have my coffee. Like actually is, like you cannot use that twice. No. <laughs> and so when you're talking about a dress yeah. that's sort of an equivalent price, 
people equate it with something that doesn't need to be valued. Um, You don't need to wear it again. To listen to the full interview, just search for News Club in your podcast app and hit follow.